Can you walk into any situation confidently and know that you can look around, find the best way to shoot and find the best shot available in any situation? Well, I have eight questions that will help you get there and we'll talk about them in today's video episode. All right, let's go. Hi, I'm Lynn Morton from ShutterbugLife.com, and today we're going to talk about eight questions that can help you get great photos in just about any situation. One of the things I've learned in, in working as a professional photographer is that you often get thrown into situations that you can't anticipate or you can't prepare for, and it's it's often the worst possible situation. And so you have to be able to be able to go in and create under less than ideal conditions. And it's it's not something that can, can come intuitively to a lot of us. I remember when I was teaching photography and uh, one of my students who's there, I was watching him as he was looking out at a, at a scene that he was getting ready to photograph. And I could tell as he hesitated that he didn't trust himself. And th you know, that's the worst thing. He didn't trust himself. And so he looked at it for a while. And then he looked back at me and he just motioned for me to come over. He goes, how would you shoot this? And I said, it doesn't matter how I would shoot it. How do you shoot it? The photograph is about what you see and what what you want to interpret or or say about it. And so... I said, here, let's walk, walk through some questions to help you think about how to shoot it. And that's what we'll talk about today. Eight questions, and it takes you from start to finish, and it helps you think about all of the, the real important questions you have to answer to get a good photograph. I often said the answer is in the questions, and so here are the questions. Question number one, what's your light source? You know that this is probably one of the more important things because photography is, of course, painting with light. And so you always want to know what your light is and where it's coming from. So I walk in, I look to see if I'm outside, where's the sun and or where are any other lights coming from? If I'm in a room, what kind of lights do I have? Where are they? What kind of temperature are they? So what's the light source? Is it going to be? And, and if you're shooting with your own lights, that's, again, another consideration as well. So the first thing you want to know is what's your light source? Because you'll make a lot of decisions based on where that light is and what kind of light it is. So often you're looking for what kind of light, the intensity of the light, and the direction of the light. And these three things will help you make some better decisions. And now the second thing I'd want to know is how much light do I have available? And so you look around, you can always sort of tell if you are shooting in a situation where you've got plenty of light and you don't have to worry about boosting an ISO or if you um, are shooting in low, so such low light that you might need some, uh, some artificial light. So how much light do you have available? Now, these days you use this to help you decide 
decide what ISO you'll use for your camera. If you're going digitally, you get to adjust the ISO with each photograph. And if you're not going in automatic, you want to take control of that yourself. Now, on a bright sunny date, generally speaking, we're looking at ISO 100 or 200. On a cloudy day, we're looking at ISO 400 to 800. If it's getting to be dark or twilight, 800 to 1600. And if it's getting really dark, 32 to 6400. And, you know, these days, the ISO performance on these cameras is so good that you might be able to, with 6400, to still get a decent uh, quality image. But you are just thinking about how high you'll have to raise your ISO. Now, a good rule of thumb is you raise it high enough so that your shutter speed is is going to be at least the your focal length of the camera. Meaning, if you're shooting through a 50 millimeter lens, you're raising your ISO so that when you're shooting, your shutter speed can at least be one over 50th seconds. So that's really the reason you're raising the ISO is to get the shutter speed up so, so fast, so fast that you don't get any camera shake. So that's the second question you need to ask yourself. First is, what's your light source? Two is, how much light do you have available? The third question you'll ask yourself is, this is a picture of a what? And the what is fill in the blank. What is the one thing in front of you that you want to make this photograph about? And, and it's important that you choose one thing in front of you that you would, you decide that this photograph will be about because very often our photographs are less than interesting because we haven't made that decision. Often when someone will bring me a photo, they're, they're photographing and say, I don't think I like this. What's wrong with it? And I'll go, what's your subject? And then there's an awkward pause that follows because you didn't take the time to go, what's the one thing? Or I'll get, I'll get, it's this and it's that. No, it can't be this and that. It's one thing. It's, it's, it's a, it's a singular decision. What's the one thing in that frame that you want to be most important for your viewer to see and build everything else around it? So that's your third question. So now the fourth question is, is it obvious? You might know that this is what this is a picture of, but do I, without the benefit of a conversation with you, just looking at your photograph, will I know that that's the most important thing? Because now it's your job to not only know that this is most important, but to make it obvious to me. Usually we do that by filling the frame, giving it more real estate than anything else, maybe by using a uh, a, 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 a depth of field, a shallow depth of field, so that you separate it from the background with by making the background more blurry than than the subject is, or just by using other things in the frame to lead your eye to it. But you've got to do something to let me know that this is what this picture is about and make it unmistakable to me. The fifth question you ask yourself is, are there any distractions? So you look at the four corners of the frame behind your subject, around your subject, and if there's anything there that leads my eye away from it, you got to get rid of it. So 
any distractions in the frame. Now, it might be a busy background and that will kill a photograph more than anything else. And you might need to do something like go low and shoot over it or go high and shoot down past it or just change the, where you're standing moving left or right so that you can get that um, clutter out of the background, but you cannot have anything in the background that will be distracting because it will just hamper the effectiveness of your photograph, okay? So now that, that, that takes care of a lot of the composition questions. The sixth question is, is my subject moving? Now this helps you get to the, the, the shooting mode that you're going to use. Is my subject moving? And the way you use this is if the answer is yes, my subject is moving, then most in most cases, you're looking at the shutter speed as the tool you'll use creatively in this photograph because shutter speed helps you show motion or movement. So you'll use a fast shutter speed to freeze action or a slow shutter speed to show motion or movement in blurs or streaks, right? So is my subject moving? If it's yes, you're looking at your shutter speed, shutter speed priority, or if you're in manual mode, you're starting to use the shutter speed first as your creative alternative. Now, if the answer is no, my subject isn't moving, then you don't really care as much about shutter speed because of course it shows motion or movement and your subject isn't moving. So you're looking at aperture now, your f-stop as a way to use to show to perhaps show depth of field. And so you might use a, a, a lower number with a, which is a wider opening to show a shallow depth of field and separate your subject from the background. Or you might use a, a larger number or a smaller opening which puts everything in focus and that lets you see everything from front to back sharply in focus. Here's a rule of thumb at F2, Two people are in focus. If you line them up, F22, 22 people are in focus, okay? That's just an easy way to think about it. At F2, two people are in focus. If you have to line them up like a straight line, and F, F22, 22 people will be in focus. Okay, so that question then is, is my subject moving? If the answer is no, you're looking at your aperture or your F-stop as the tool you will use creatively for this photograph. So that's question number six. Question number seven, what's the story? Like, what are you trying to say with this photograph? Because if one of the questions is, this is a picture of a what? One of the following questions is, so what? Why do I care? And so you can go out and take a technically proficient photograph of just about anything, and it can be so boring that nobody will give a hoot. So you want to think about why am I taking this photograph? What is it that I see that interests me? What caught my eye here? And why is it interesting? And what do I want to say about it? Because when you, when you think about what you want to say about it, it will affect the way you shoot it. So if you are photographing a person and you want to show that they're they're powerful captain of industry, you can shoot low looking up at them and give them that big Superman effect. Or if you want to do the opposite, you can shoot down and have them looking up at you. 
and and you would ha- you'll have the opposite effect. If you want to show that something is large, you will photograph it next to something that we know is small and show us by comparison. And so you think about what is this and what do I want to say about it? And then it will impact the way you photograph it. So what's the story is the seventh question that you have to answer of the eight questions. And then the last question is, where is the emotion? To make a good photograph great, you got to be able to have some emotional tug or emotional content in there. And, and the ones that make you feel something are the ones that you remember. The ones, the ones that you see, you look at, you feel happy, you feel sad, you feel afraid, you feel angry. Those are the photographs you remember. Those are the ones that leave an impression. And so if you can tell the story and not just look for the how the action where you told the story, but the emotion and help me con- convey that emotion so that I feel it too when I look at your photograph. As they say down south, now you're cooking with grease. Those eight questions, all right then, those eight questions get you from start to finish. What's your light source? How much light do you have available? This is a picture of a what? Is it obvious? And Or are there any distractions? Is my subject moving? What's the story? And then where's the emotion? If you can work through these eight questions the next time you are looking at a scene and trying to decide um, what to photograph or how to photograph it, these, these questions, if you can answer them, will lead you down the pathway to a much better, much stronger photograph, all right? So try it. Let me know down in the comments what you think and how that worked for you, all right? Eight questions for better photographs. Go do it. Thank you so much for hanging out with me for another episode. Look forward to talking to you again next Thursday. Have fun shooting and go out and create something uniquely you. Take care.